Thank you for listening to Overleveraged, where we explore the big macro themes affecting investors, economic imbalances, giant geopolitical trends, tail risks and tremors, and everywhere risks are not being fully priced into markets. Remember, trading carries risk and all opinions are provided as general market commentary only. Please do your own research. Our risk warning will follow at the end. Okay, hi and welcome to Overleveraged and we are uh, talking about Russia. Um, It's the anniversary or just about coming up to that two year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine um, that has upended all sorts of assumptions about uh, about the the geopolitical situation about security uh, about risk and about the markets some of the big changes that we've seen over the last couple of years inflation for example a lot has been tied to russia's invasion of ukraine and it remains uh, an ongoing issue problem situation doesn't seem to be getting any better so joining me uh, today is helen thomas from blonde money Uh, thank you for joining us Hello, good to be here again, Neil. Thank you. Helen is going to talk about Trump. I know it's one of our favourite topics. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about Russia um, and Ukraine, but in the sense that what sort of impact it's having this year in particular as regards um, the US election and what uh, a future president, Trump, uh, where he to win, what he might do. So (laughs) we go back to his remarks um, a couple of weeks ago which he sort of encouraged Russia to invade or do what they like with countries, NATO countries, NATO allies who don't pay their way. Mm. Um, now, this is part of the Trump rhetoric. It's, a, it's partly his bluster about trying to encourage other countries, European countries, to pay their way as he sees it. But it's also that sort of rhetorical device that he uses to sort of throw something into light that's so absurd it actually helps to to solidify the, mm. the sense that actually well it's ridiculous it's not going to happen well it's his way of doing deals yeah yeah so it's 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 classic trump but it has thrown a light on on the potential for upset and change yes. should donald trump win oh yes absolutely so that just a bit of context that whole set of remarks came about um just as the Department of Justice was uh, casting aspersions over Joe Biden's memory, um, mm. just as Tucker Carlson was interviewing Vladimir Putin. So it's all in the kind of yeah. milieu of what's happening right now. Does does it matter for the markets? Well, um, we didn't see much more reaction to Trump's comments. Mm. The Paul Donovan at UBS, he said markets were unmoved. Investors are not ready or not prepared yet, he said, to price scenarios for the November elections, um, with the US presidential elections taking place in November. Um, but I guess that's the whole point of why we're here. Um, so we want we want to try and look at what on things that will impact markets and investors, but things that investors and markets are maybe not thinking about right now. Yeah. And so clearly, that seems to be the case with Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, quite amazingly, quite surprisingly, really. Yeah. That we're now nine months, isn't it? It's not that long. It's about nine away, months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Really. Which is, you know, the in, sort in of time horizon terms, for investors. Well, exactly. Be, it should be. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, oh, Fed rate cuts in the next 12 months. So why aren't we talking about the US president over the next 12 months? Mm-hmm. And I think there's two reasons for that. Before we get into the nitty gritty of what, of what Trump could do. I think that partly because right now we are in a, a real kind of, well, we've gone from a Goldilocks environment where the economy's 
not too hot, not too cold. You know, we didn't get that hard landing, nor not even really had a landing much, really, in America no. after the big big jobs number we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, so things have been better on the economic front, and then on the markets front, it's been uh, almost euphoria, really, in terms of risky assets. The Magnificent yep. Seven are ever more magnificent. We're going to say that the, the N word, Nvidia, who have uh, just grabbed everybody yep. and shaken them up. I think, I think rightly so to uh, consider new technology and what it means, but possibly questionable the speed and extent of the move. Yeah, yeah. Some of the momentum indicators on that stock are, are uh, if you're into your technical yes. analysis and so on, <laughs> the MACDs, uh, then it's pretty exceptional. Yeah, it's. Uh, I will say this. Can I just say? So we'll, we'll get back into the, the nitty gritty of the the risk going forward. But here's one thing that everyone should bear in mind when you think about valuation of a stock. After a huge economic shift, and I mean the economy becoming a completely different new economy, mm-hmm. as in you know 1945 after the war or 1918, yeah. complete shift where everybody's gone from, for example, manufacturing ta- tanks and armaments and then suddenly has to get back to a different way of life. But it's not totally different, of course. So here's the thing. When you have a huge shift like we have with the pandemic, working from home, technology is being developed a pace we're in a technological revolution there is a world where some stocks will have first mover advantage and can genuinely own a huge big new market that mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. going to the moon so it is yeah. there is precedent for it the question in my mind is whether nvidia is the one and whether it it can physically do what 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 it's meant to do i mean maybe these particular ai chips and all the rest of it are yeah uh, you know it is tulip mania and they are the only <laughs> ones that can do it but 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 what i mean is we, i think we'll see more of these huge monumental valuations and and there may be some rationality to it the question is of course what Which where, does one? It, yeah. where does the rationality stop you know where does it get well yeah and markets can remain irrational yeah. for longer than uh, you can remain solvent that's the one as Keynes said yeah. yeah so so anyway I, I'll just I'll just put that point um, in there when obviously people are talking about Nvidia but back to um, pricing up what will happen um, because it, it you know it's, it's interesting when you have these euphorias and you have euphoric moments in markets that politics and the risk and just it's it, it's so odd to me because like you said it's there it's coming there are only going to be two names on the ballot really realistically that stand a chance of being president mm-hmm. and actually well, but which, which well, two names that, well <laughs> actually at the moment there's far more chance that trump is one than biden is after those remarks on um biden's memory which yeah. by the way i should say again to try and be so here, you'll often hear me say to be fair or let us talk about it this way because Everyone has a political bias. Everyone reads things in the newspaper and everyone is inundated with noise now. So things like, Trump said he's a dictator. That's not exactly what he said in mm-hmm. that quote. No. Uh, even this one, you know, Trump said Russia should invade. And it didn't actually say that. He was saying, hey, guys, if you don't pay your way, we're not always going to be there. If you want to go for it, then you go for it. To remind people yeah. the risk. okay? Because exactly. he wants to get the deal done, which is for other countries to put more money in. So anyway, wait, but away from all the noise, um, 
the, the, the you know what is really happening here and um and and wh- why aren't markets paying attention to it i'm astonished frankly because trump trump is going to be on the ballot for the republicans and he's doing what he said he would do as he does he he wasn't happy with nato several years ago mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. he no i mean nato was was one of the sticking points or the sore points from from the previous um Previous term. Pre- previous term, yeah. Mm. But just on that, um, you know, who's going to be on the ballot? I, mm. I think um, I think it's pretty certain that Trump's sewing up the Republican nomination. Um, he has the last poll I saw. He's got an eleven point lead over Biden on the economy, mm. and the economy wow. is the key thing, obviously. Um, yeah. It's kind of amazing, that isn't it? In a way, because you know the economy's really recovered well, under Biden, because yeah. zero credit for it. Well, I think it's a vibe. <laughs> you know, there's there's been this vibe session chat where <laughs> people have not felt like the economy is doing yes. well because of inflation, and so that yes. that has a big up. And not everyone is doing. Although well. the, the the expectations for a recession have now come right back down to yeah. the the Bank of America um, fund manager survey, the latest one that I saw, is really tipped over. So the recession is no longer expected so there maybe is a slightly better mood among americans but uh, still trump has that lead, that, lead, that yeah. lead on the economy yeah. whether biden makes it we're not sure um that'd be fascinating that that department of justice report could have been a precursor to a move by the democrats we don't know but the, but that re- report that guy who wrote it um is republican leaning and trump appointed him so I, again it's a bit tricky i do we all know Joe Biden's got issues with his memory. I took some issue with the way that report was drafted. Some of the language was a, it didn't strike me as a dispassionate legal document. There are elements of that in there, but there, some of the phrasing was, mm-hmm. I would consider it a bit partisan. And I don't say that because I support Joe Biden or even Donald Trump or anyone. No, but, no, no. But, but it's to remember that, in a way, everything's political in an election year. And why I think it's important is, to the average American, I mean, voters aren't stupid. You know, he's old. He gaffs. Everyone yeah. knows this. Yeah. And it just contributes, even if it's not, even if it was written for partisan reasons, it contributes to the concept. Can he actually do the job? And I see Kamala Harris has been coming out now saying, you know, she's ready to serve. <laughs> yeah. But the But that, you know, the Democrats have to bear in mind that rationally speaking voters should consider could end up with president harris if they vote biden yeah exactly i I think and that might might be a factor in 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 the decision making um so he might he might get he may well get replaced um there are ways of doing that even if he wins all the primaries at the democratic national convention it can 25th amendment is it it 25th should remember the one yeah <laughs> but coming back to russia um, yes yeah i can imagine what putin putin's sitting there having thinking exactly no, what conversation to, we've just had he's chatting to tucker telling him the history of novgorod and and so on what were the risks that trump does something on day one that say uh removes funding for ukraine does something with regards to nato i think it's high that he is going to redefine america's role in the world yeah but it's not going to have as much impact as people might fear. Because that's, if you read, and I have read some of his first book, you know, The Art of the Deal, mm. which is basically, you know, talks through his, his, it's quite a fun read. 
you know, I ring up, I wake up and I ring people and then I ring them and then I ring someone else and da, da. It, it, it's, it's, there is an element to what he does which mm-hmm. is that you, your really good point in your intro there where you said it's a, it's a rhetorical device to get his deal done. Yeah. He's not so quixotic as to want to literally blow up America or mm-hmm, the world, mm-hmm, in fact. Mm-hmm. What he wants to do is shake everybody up around the negotiating table and say, come on, yeah. let's get a better deal for America. Yeah. So talking about Russia, where this is relevant, is I think Zelensky is actually the key player in mm-hmm, all of this mm-hmm. because he's a very savvy guy, both as a leader and a politician, and he knows that the sands are shifting. He's just, just got rid of his... Uh, senior defence army chief. Yeah. Um, He still does have strong approval ratings, Zelensky, even if it's come off a bit. And he will know there's a, the actual monetary support for America is coming down, right? It already is, and that's going to continue. Um, So he's got a decision to make, really, about can he manufacture a victory of sorts? Um, And he's so smart about these things that it may not look... People always think, oh, in a war, somebody wins. Mm-hmm. But quite often, nobody wins. Or somebody wins enough to claim they've won, and the other side can claim they've won. And then it sort of goes into a different phase of fighting. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's where we are in Ukraine. There's no, there's no great movement on the front line now. I think both sides are, are pretty exhausted. Mm. Um, Ukraine is running out of manpower. And even Russia, ultimately. I mean, they've got a lot, technically, of people to get through but the, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. discontent will still rise if you're you know, yeah i mean dragging young men to the front line and and and, the, and the, for now you know the, the nato weapons are, are 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 you know compensating i guess on the ukrainian side for for, for yes. smaller resources overall but, yeah but could, could we see uh, a deal for example you know does trump come in and do a deal i, I quite possibly it quite possibly does, um, mm. and it could be if, if this is where Zelensky actually could be the smart player here, which is what is he actually prepared to compromise on? Because there will be a compromise of sorts somewhere in the end. This is the thing yeah. about war, and everyone has yeah. their stated aims, but you know it comes down to you know real, real politics, doesn't it? it? Comes down to what you're prepared to admit. Yeah, and. and it- yeah, so that, I, I sort of actually think that there's a there's a stronger chance that the the heat comes out of that conflict somewhat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, so, or I think that's good or bad, but it's Trump, Trump, the peacemaker. So just you know, yeah. it, it, there was that sort of fear that he was going to start World War Three. Yes. He actually uh, goes the other way. He goes the other way, yeah. and there's no war yeah. uh, during his presidency. And uh, you know, there's arguments why that might be. Um, maybe he was appeasing the wrong people or, or, mm, or, yeah, or whatever yeah. but but there's still the case that that there was a more peaceful period and then we got subsequent quite possibly so i'm looking at this jp morgan note that they sent out so this is this is the sort of topics that we've discussed here which is election results see four trends polarization populism democratic deterioration <laughs> and geoeconomic fragmentation so it's all happy Happy days, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Lots of uh, long words there. Yeah, but I mean, kind of what we discussed, yeah, I think, in a previous um, episode about mm. the sort of concepts of what's happening this year with, with the, the elections. Um, they see US elections being more consequential or meriting hedging more so than any other election uh, because a Trump victory could have broad 
macro implications, uh, including a, through a series of executive orders that would dismantle or reverse many of Biden's policies. Mm-hmm. So they talk about the imposition of a universal 10% tariff. Yeah, that's in, that. It's, I'm pretty sure he'll do that. And he can, through yeah, executive just orders. straight away. He can, yeah. So that's day one. That's a risk. That's that a, is sort a of risk. market Absolutely. risk, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And going back to what you know, Paul Donovan says, markets are, are not prepared to price scenarios for November yet, but that yeah. is a real risk. And it would have a huge... Like trade wars, obviously. And it would have, yeah, it would have a huge impact, wouldn't it? Yeah, trade wars. They reckon that could push the dollar up by about 5%. Um, Chinese currency, the euro, Mexican peso being hit. Yeah. Um, which makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Uh, uncertainty over the US and other global elections will also generate higher VIX made worse by a potential recession. Uh, in US election years, JP Morgan strategists found that the S&P 500 volatility stands two points above non-election years. So that's kind of what we've discussed. You know, you get more uncertainty leading up to it, but then you yeah. get the great sort of jubilation of whoever gets in, the uncertainty has passed and therefore... And you know what, you know at least what they're doing. And then the I mean, market. The measure of them. And then the market rallies. Can I, can I say one thing that always frustrates me about in an election year... Yeah, I know. I there's know. not that many of them. <laughs> Right, you taught yeah. at GCSE, I think that you know statistically significant sample size is n greater than twenty. Um, so that's you know eighty years in in yeah. one every four years. Um, and even then, we didn't have the VIX eighty years ago. No. And even then, you know, in those elections, um, sometimes it's re-election of an incumbent. You know, it's, it's not always a huge change. I get so I please get so frustrated about you know elections and statistics. It's the markets go up market. most years anyway. Well, exactly. It's it's really so. <laughs> I I really yeah. would put very little weight on this is what happens in an election year. Instead. Think about what is the person elected going to do. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think whether well, I think they're correct to say that there would be volatility in the lead up to it because there's going to be a campaign. Trump is going to be really banging a drum in one direction, using all of that rhetorical devices. He's got to yeah. g up his base, so he's really going to play to the base. Um, and you know, might not. Do, this is the thing. He does actually do what he says. I mean, he is quixotic about some things, mm-hmm. like if he just takes against somebody who slags him off or something, and then he decides yeah. you know, do something childish, like oh well, you know, Nancy Pelosi has to, I don't know, might might say she has to go to prison for share trading or something. You <laughs> yeah. don't know what he might do, uh, but actually, he's quite he's quite restricted. To be fair, the presidential, you know, the, the head of state position in the American system is quite restricted compared to other countries. But ironically, executive order can be done for tariffs. So yeah. it is there that he can do things. Um, so I think given we t- t- talked before about how we're in a very euphoric, happy times, great stuff, buy the Magnificent Seven, don't worry about anything. If that persists very much longer, we're in for a lot more volatility second half of the year. If it's only then that markets decide, oh my goodness. Particularly we're, given coming. we've had this run up. So we've yes. had this euphoric capitulation. Uh, uh, sort of, it's more of a kind of melt-up capitulation. It is, where yeah, kind yeah. Of bears, it's real FOMO, isn't bears it? Bears have thrown in the towel. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've seen tech stocks go up and you think, well, I'm not, I, I need to get in on it. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's kind of, it's yeah, kind of the that. classic, isn't it? So it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a kind of setup where heightened risk, geopolitical risk could actually 
produce have some, a bigger impact have a bigger impact than it might otherwise yes. do if we'd come into it from a very low base for example yeah. um jb morgan saying investors should looking to position themselves for election uncertainty and the return of populism should position for higher risk premia and higher market volatility so that's kind of what we did yeah fair enough yeah. talking but about we talk about it in a much more interesting way now. oh yeah always yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i think they copied they must have listened to our they last podcast done, yeah. um so it's the continued erosion of democracy metrics that's i think I think we discussed that in episode three. Really? Yeah. So they cite um, Freedom House, which is a watchdog, and that's showing a decline in democracy and global freedom has been a trend for 17, 17 years. Seems unusual, but yeah. um, <laughs> okay. weaker governance creates higher volatility and lower multiples, and we find that after democracy downgrade, equity returns have, on average, been 5% lower over a 10-year period than in countries that were upgraded. But... That, to me, strikes me as being emerging markets because you don't tend to get democracy downgrades in Britain, France. Um, Although perhaps we should probably look in the data. Perhaps it is looking at that. Perhaps it is looking. You mentioned on our prior episode about the, you know, Brexit created a a, a penalising... Yeah, well, 42% um, discount since... Since then. 2016, exactly. Uh, Again, I'm slightly cautious about these democratic downgrades and how to uh, monitor and measure it. I, I would think of it far more in a far easier way, which is this. There are a series of post-war institutions that have been created that are no longer fit for purpose in a globalised, technologically advanced world where nation states are redrawing what they are and how they operate. Yeah. So. We actually do need to reform the UN, NATO, the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, because the way that we interact with one another has changed. We can order something from China. Yeah. I'm looking over there to my phone, you know. Yeah. Um, I could go and do some work now for someone in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's Governor Orr, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but the point being that um, the institutions that we are used to Either they will be reformed or they will be replaced. But that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it will create volatility along the way. Yeah. And just going back to Russia mm. and Ukraine on the anniversary, it's it doesn't look like there's much room for manoeuvre, but who knows, a new president might change that. In fact, Absolutely. He, he could really change the dynamic oh, yeah, completely. on that, on that really front. Could. So we could actually see there could be creative destruction that that sort of means maybe these fragmentation fear that we have is it might be overblown because actually maybe we see some rapprochement between the the, the sort of two poles if you like between Ukraine and Russia uh, and elsewhere and you could actually see some more positive signs coming out of it. I think so. I, I do. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think that is a, a, if we're talking about the risks that are underpriced, I think that is that is massively underpriced, isn't it? That actually there's. There's enough of a resolution to dial the conflict down to some yeah. degree. Um, you know, perhaps there is a continued land dispute, but it's concentrated in a different area. Perhaps there are ceasefires. Perhaps it is um, other side deals that are done. The thing is, once you start to dial it down, then you you can operate slightly differently. As 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 you know, the NATO presence could be differently mobilized it could be um, a different threat perhaps i mean Mm. russia will always have the nuclear threat and that is a card i expect them to play but it and and they have played in a sense by by talking about it 
Um, but we always get this. See, we always get this with any kind of political agreement. You've got to have the oh my god, it's a complete and total nightmare. It's never going to work. I'm yeah. walking away. I'm blowing you up. Whatever. You, it's like a circle. You have to go there mm-hmm. to come to an agreement. Yeah, and and that's that's the the, the deal. That's the the Trump that, way of yeah, doing that it. it is so the way you, he does you push, things. Yeah. You push everything to the absurdity. Yes, the, the Nixonian madman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, you, you and do. then maybe get some some deal done. So potentially we could be looking at a, a new president by the end of the year. Yeah. Or, or a new, a new returning president, president. a returning president who then gets replaced. But either way, um, <laughs> there's going to be some uh, uncertainty around what's going to happen, um, and certainly there's going to be a lot more uncertainty over Russia and what. What's I think you know, here's the thing. I think the idea that Trump is Putin's puppet and that the Russians are going to dictate that election is. A very unlikely scenario. It's one inter- It seems to be the only interpretation people have about yeah. Trump, and I think it's the wrong one. And looking at it the wrong way, um, he will, uh, as we believe, you know, he will be the, the president after all. Mm-hmm. And also, Putin has a, his own long game to be played about where he sees his place in the world. Yeah. Uh, well, and we haven't we haven't barely touched on Putin, but he was busy well, chatting to. Tucker, Tucker so yeah, I know. We, heard, we heard enough from him. Quite strange seeing him dubbed into English. It was yeah. very strange. I have to admit, I haven't watched all... How many hours was it? I don't no, know, no, I think it was too much for anyone, really. But the, well, the, thing, the reason is, though, that Putin is a law unto himself, even to his own inner circle. Yeah. There will be nobody knows what goes on in his head apart from him. Or indeed, even if he does. Or even if he does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, on that, on that note, I think we should probably wrap it up. So, thank you, Helen. Thank you for listening to Overleveraged. And uh, we'll be back next week, as always. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Remember, all opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information is provided as general market commentary, not as investment advice. And all potential results discussed are not guaranteed to be achieved. The information may have been derived from publicly available sources, company reports, personal research, or surveys. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Trading carries risk of capital loss, and the service is available to professional clients only.